stay with the coach. Day twenty radio, your gamers roll. www.d20radio.com. from Sunny Shore City, you're listening to The Underground Radio, bringing you all of the very best Pokemon news and views this side of Twist Mountain. I'm Nathiel. And I'm Sam. For today's broadcast, we'll be bringing you the very latest Pokemon news, shedding some light on some of the more rare, obscure, and downright esoteric Pokemon abilities, unveiling a new Pokemon theory, and spotlighting a giant metal Pokemon with serious nerd rage. So sit back, relax, and give your Radio Rotome what it wants. Well, Sam. Well, Natil. I'm just going to be straight up honest this week. I did nothing Pokemon related. You know, I I completely understand that because it sounded from the way you were talking, this week has been filled with all the things that are not Pokemon. So... Yeah, I've had articles to write for class and papers to write for class and a novel to read for class and all of the work ever because Borderlands 2 is releasing on Tuesday and that's all sorts of crazy. So That's pretty intense, I'm not going to lie. It has been an intense week and intense weeks mean no room for Pokemon despite how much I want to breed a uh, hydration dugong. Yeah, that's you. Well, I guess that is sort of Pokemon news because you were telling me about that the other day. Uh, you said that you were making a team for NU, but you didn't tell me what it was. Yeah, I've, I've been I've been slowly planning out this uh, NU UU uh, Rain Dance team because Drizzle and Swift Swim are banned. Yeah. So like, and pretty soon Drizzle and Hydration are going to go that route as well. <laughs> Probably. So I've been, uh, you know, taking a peek at some of these Pokemon that are, you know, completely overlooked now because they have abilities that work in the rain. And since they're they're being combined with uh, Drizzle has been sort of frowned upon, I've been looking at putting them on a rain dance team. And I've been pleasantly pleased with how the planning process has gone, but I haven't had a chance to sit down and start breathing anything yet because everything is so busy. Right, right. Yeah, I was looking at uh, Dugong after you mentioned it last week, and I looked at it and I was like, huh, this guy can learn, I think it was Ice Body, right? Yeah, he gets he gets Ice Body and Hydration. Yes, so I did a little more searching on Smogon, and I realized that Hail has been banned in NU in Smogon. And yep, because Obama Snow is... Uh... All sorts of OU and the NUUU uh, Ice Pokemon are kind of OP. Well, I don't know. I guess you can say it that way. When I was reading up on Smogon, the I don't know. I'm sure there might have been better opinions about it, but from what I saw, it was like their NU Inner Council 
I guess, is what they described it as. I know, right? Um, (laughs) But anyway, they said that their NU Inner Council had decided that because you had to keep bringing hail counters into NU, they didn't want to have hail in NU anymore because everybody built teams for hail for NU. And, you know, honestly, when I... when I heard that explanation, the only thing I could think of was, okay, so does that mean that we should ban rain and sun from OU because, because we might have to bring because we might have to keep bringing counters to rain and sun Pokemon? I mean, it's like, come on, guys. But you know, I guess they will do what they will. So, well, and yeah, that's that's exactly it because uh, everybody builds rain teams and sun teams for OU. I mean, there are so many weather teams for OU, and everybody has to bring counters to that in the OU tier. So, you know, it's just it's something that we have to just suck up and deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's that. But that that is literally all I have done in Pokemon this week. You, you at least got to participate in the TCG tournament that we ran at League last week. Yes, I did. And I didn't do particularly well. Out of three battles, I lost two of them. But, you know, I still had a lot of fun. I uh, The first match I went through ended fairly quickly. I got a really good draw, and my opponent had a lot of energy in his deck. I think he said something along the lines of 24 energy in it. That's a lot and, of energy. Yeah, and he get, kept get, he kept drawing energy left and right, and I was like, well, this is unfortunate. And then when I got the uh, Gothitelle out there, then he couldn't use communicators to try and get better Pokemon, so I kind of shut it down. But yeah, so, you know, that was that, and, you know, it was a match. Uh, the second match I lost, but I had a lot of fun playing in it because I got to see a Rayquaza EX team for the very first time. And the way it ran was very, very good. I mean, the my opponent got out an Amolga on his first turn and subsequently used its call for family to draw two Rayquaza EXs out. <clears throat> and as soon as he got him out there, I mean, he started building up the energy on him. And, you know... When I first saw the Rayquaza EX, I wasn't sure part how well it would work, but after seeing that guy's deck run as it did, it worked out beautifully. And he did exactly what I actually thought of doing with a Rayquaza EX deck, and that was to run uh, to run a small amount of Dynamotor in it so that he could have one Rayquaza out in front uh, using that... Uh, I can't even remember what the attack is called, but it's the attack that uses one colorless energy that allows it to discard the top three cards of your deck and put any basic energy found there right onto Rayquaza EX. Mm -hmm. And he would do that, and then he would use that Dragon Blast attack to burn away all his electric energy, and then he would Dynamotor the electric energy right back onto the Rayquaza EX on the bench. So it worked out really, really well. And... You know, it just so happened that my opponent didn't get any catchers. But even then, he uh, was totally willing to just be like, well, let's see how far that uh, Gothitelle of his keeps building up. And I was able to build it up before it got out there to the point where it could theoretically one-shot a Rayquaza EX, but he had an Eviolite 
on it. So I was just one energy short of using Mad Kinesis for the KO, and then he subsequently Dragon Blasted for, like, 240 damage, something like that, (laughs) which was outrageous. But, you know, Breakaways at EX is outrageous. That's crazy. We had a buy-in for this tournament, too, and I was one of, I think, four people who bought in for it. Or five of you. Five of us, yes, thank you. Uh, so the five of us bought in, and I I think when I got my pack back, I had actually gotten two cards in it that I was very excited to put in the deck. And it was two of the new Gothitas from the Dragon's Exalted set, and they have that one energy attack that allows them to look at the top five cards of the deck and rearrange them in any order that you want. Nice. And that'll help me out a lot with the draw power for that, because then it'll allow me to put any uh, supporters on there that I see up towards the front, any communicators, you know, anything important right away in the next five turns, I can instantly get. So, you know, that's always good. And... As it turned out, I had bought four packs for before the tournament, and we only needed to submit two. And the two I submitted, uh, I don't know what anybody got from those, because, I mean, those are, you know, whatever anybody else got. I have no idea which ones were mine or not. But the two that I kept, I actually managed to draw a Registeel EX from one of them. Ooh. So I was like, wow, that's pretty awesome. And he is a fairly exciting-looking card, but I'm not sure where I would put him in on a deck, because my Steel-type Pokémon are kind of far and few in between. That's kind of cool. But, you know, we were just talking about uh, the possibility of doing a Steel deck, because there's, you know, some some genuine epicness going on with Steel-type Pokémon now. It's true. And, you know, it's just one of those things where you kind of have to find a place for Registeel EX, because one of his attacks does 30 damage to three of your benched Pokémon, to three of the opponent's benched Pokémon. His other attack, which does 80 damage and reduces the damage that he would take by 20 on the opponent's next turn, uh, only does 80 damage, and it... Uh, requires two Steel-type energy in it. So that kind of limits how, you know, unless you want to just run him with three colorless energy and just have him bombard the opponent's bench as long as it can, you know, that's always an option. But, you know, without that going on there, you know, it might be a little difficult to fit him in there unless you're running a a Steel or a Steel hybrid deck. And I just have to look into it and see what I could build. Totally. And, uh... Actually, this next week is our video game tournament, and... Oh, I'm so excited! I know, right? We're just doing another standard, like, OU, uh, Legendary's Band, Uber's Band tournament, but it's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. I'm kind of looking forward to it because of this next thing that's actually happening, and that is the E4 tryouts that happened the week after that. And I'm kind of excited for that pertaining to this tournament, because I know that a lot of people have been building new teams for this E4 tryout, and if they bring those new Pokemon into this VG tournament, you know, I think the turnout would be a whole lot, you know, bigger and flashier than it was at this last one, because, um, 
well, like for you, Scott, and myself, we all kind of stuck to the NUUU tier just in the lower levels there. Yeah. And, you know, the other players that we saw, they brought mostly OU Pokemon. But, you know, with this new E4 tournament, we've got uh, these E4 tryouts, I guess, coming up. You know, I've heard a lot of people have been making some new uh, UU type Pokemon. And I'm kind of excited to see what they bring to the table. Yeah, we're totally going to have to... I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what everybody brings to this uh, E4 tryout thing. And, you know, speaking of the E4, we actually had something else kind of cool happen. Uh, since Josh has moved out to Corpus Christi and started his own league now down there, they're actually starting an E4 uh, challenge with his league as well. Yes, and it was super exciting because they actually used the document that Natil and I drew up over the course of a couple of months after some major trial and error with it to build their own E4 around, and that's super exciting. Yeah, because we, we did. We spent a really, really long time uh, dealing with this document that detailed out all of the rules for the tournament for becoming E4 members for challenging the E4. There's, you know, specific guidelines for challengers and for E4 members. And it, it took us a substantial amount of time to finally get that thing completely worked out. And it's, it's really sort of flattering that Josh felt that it was good enough that he wanted to base his own uh, E4 challenge around that document. I know. Right. And, you know, I think it goes without saying too, if anybody else wants that document, who might be having a league of their own in some other part of the country or in other countries, you are totally welcome to have it. And we will totally just send you the document because I think when Natil and I first came up with this doc to be able to, you know, provide guidelines for it, you know, we were kind of like, well, it would be really awesome if, you know, more people would participate with this. And I think you and I would both like to see this go viral and be done in places all over the place instead of just in Fargo, North Dakota and Corpus Christi, Texas. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a really fun idea. It's a fresh new way to run a tournament at a league. It's, you know, it's not Nintendo of America, Pokemon of America approved or anything like that. It's not a premier event, but it has a lot of merit and it really, really gets people playing and thinking in different ways. Exactly. So I think it's really cool. <laughs> it is really cool. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Hey, that actually wraps it up for Pokemon Chatter this week. Yeah, it does. Awesome. We've got a literally huge main topic on the docket, but first we're going to stop over for a real quick trip to the news desk. As I said, this is going to be a real short trip down our typically newsy lane. Uh, we literally have three things to talk about this week. First off, uh, there's a new Pokemon Mystery Dungeon game coming out for the 3DS. It's called Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Magnagate and the Infinite Labyrinth. It has an augmented reality feature that allows players to scan things that apparently open up what they call these Magnagates and give access to new dungeons. Uh, it's actually the first Pokemon game to be a 3DS exclusive game, and it will be completely in 3D. 
which is exciting. Yeah, it's it's actually really really exciting. It uh, it's a whole new storyline, and it's only coming out with one version as opposed to. Uh, like when we had Team Rescue Red and Team Rescue Blue, and there were two versions of that game that came out. So this one is, it's just this Magnegate and the Infinite Labyrinth, and all of the Pokemon are done completely in 3D. It's a completely 3D game. It's, I'm super, super excited about it. I know, right? And I'm also super excited about the idea that maybe it's like the prototype to a 3D Pokemon game that will be like one of the main flagship versions of the game. Oh, that would be so ridiculous. So ridiculous, but so worth it. I would spend $50 on a cart. I would. (laughs) Right? The end date for the Genesect event in the United States has also been confirmed as November 12th, 2012, and it's presumed to operate about as about the same as it did in Japan. You know, it's nothing new, but we just wanted to reiterate it for anybody who might be going out to get Pokemon Black or White, and just to know that you've got about a month to pick it up, and you should totally do it. Exactly. So, I mean, if you if you don't have it pre-ordered and you're not planning on pre-ordering it, if you want Genesect, you have to get it within that first month or you're going to miss Genesect. Any word on pre-order stuff for black and white in U.S. yet? Nope, nothing, which I'm assuming at this point means that all we're going to get is the Arkeldeo event. Well. Right. Sad day. You know what's not a sad day? Voting for this month's double team segment has begun. Yes. This month, Sam and I are going to be building a team around one of the three following Pokemon, Mawile, Minun, or Reuniclus. You can vote for any of these three Pokemon by sending a tweet to at HotPinkJoystick, leaving a comment on the double team thread on the D20 Radio Network forums, or sending an email to the underground mailbag at gmail.com. I think when we saw Mawile and Minun, the both of us kind of had a terrible shudder of dread go down our spines. <laughs> it, was, it was like this moment of sheer panic when I went, what am I going to do with a mobile? <laughs> I mean, oh, well. I mean, Minun, maybe. I'm, I'm good at electric type Pokemon, but I have no clue what I would do with mobile. Let's let's hope for Rayunicles. <laughs> and, you know, if not, you know, happy birthday for us. You at least... <laughs> You at least get the knowledge that, you know, we're going to be in a sheer panic as to what to do with these Pokemon. <laughs> so make sure you send your votes, because this this could get a little interesting for us this month. True story. All right. think we should uh, head into this massive main topic that we have here. I do. talking about main topic ideas for this show, we realize that there are actually a number of Pokemon abilities out there that take a bit of time to truly wrap your head around, or, you know, might even make you scratch your head a little, because they function in a manner that is inherently complicated, and sometimes have exceptions and workarounds that require careful planning when you encounter them in a battle situation, planning your own team, or just trying to understand why a Pokemon would have it. 
And, you know, we have this rather comprehensive list that includes many but not all of some of the really more esoteric Pokemon abilities that are out there. Indeed. So Sam and I are essentially going to uh, tell you, we're going to start by telling you what the ability is called, then telling you how it functions in the game, uh, and then let you know which Pokemon can use the ability, as well as sort of giving our opinions on whether or not this ability is worth anything or if it's absolutely terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Starting off with Airlock slash Cloud9. Airlock and Cloud9 have the exact same effect in that they produce a temporary lull in the storm and make the effects of hail, sandstorm, heavy rain, or bright sunlight ineffectual on the battlefield as long as the Airlock or Cloud9 Pokemon is in play. Weather will continue on until it fades or is replaced, but as long as the Airlock or Cloud9 Pokemon is in play, the game will ignore all modifiers the weather is supposed to give, denying Swift Swim and Chlorophyll users their speed boost, taking the edge off of fire and water moves, and, you know, other general mayhem like that. (laughs) However, this also means that the Pokemon blocking the weather can't take advantage of any of the effects of weather either, so you kind of have to take the lemons and make lemonade anyway. Rayquaza is actually the sole wielder of Airlock, whereas Altaria, Licky Licky, and Golduck can all use Cloud9. It's kind of unfortunate that, you know, the three Pokemon that are Cloud9 users are kind of down in the weaker tiers. For... Yeah, I, I think it's, I think I think it's the top one would be Licky Licky, because I think he is UU, whereas Altaria and Golduck are both NU. Yeah, and, you know, Altaria really, if his, if he's going to run uh, Cloud9, he kind of has to be just a wall to pop in and deny somebody something for a little while, maybe in a double battle where an opponent could take advantage of it. But he really can't do much on his own. And, you know, maybe Golduck has a little more offense to be able to bring to the table in a situation like that. But yeah, Licky Licky, for sure. He's probably going to be the best bet for higher tier action. Right. The next ability that we have is Anticipation. Anticipation is an ability that can be used once and once only during the course of a battle in which it alerts the player to a potentially one-hit KO-capable move or any other attack that can super effectively hit the Anticipation Pokemon. It will not alert a player to a one-hit KO move that cannot hit the Anticipation Pokemon. Anticipation cannot be regained and reused through skill swap, and anticipation will be used immediately if acquired by skill swap or roleplay or trace. Uh, this ability can be found on Barbaroach, Krogunk, Toxicroak, Wishcash, Wormadom, in all forms, and Eevee. You know, it's actually a really terrible ability. It is, because it's it's so... Like, well, what's the word I want? Uh, situational. I mean, there's there's never a good way to plan to be able to use this. And in every single one of these Pokemon's case, they have an ability that is much more helpful to them. Yeah. And, you know, we only really decided to put it on the list to explain how it worked. And, you know, the only time that I would ever see anticipation actually being useful is with a person who is brand new to the Pokemon games, or is at least brand new to the competitive metagame aspect, so that they can, you know, kind of get their head around what Pokemon are out there and what moves that they'll generally be using. Eh, 
I think it's I think it's garbage. Never never use anticipation. Find never else. anticipation. <laughs> the next really that we're going to talk about is Arena Trap. Arena Trap is very very straightforward, but we wanted to point out its weaknesses in keeping Pokemon trapped. Yes, Arena Trap traps all grounded Pokemon, preventing them from escaping, and levit- flying types and levitate users are exempted from it, but it is also of note that the move Magnet Rise can allow a Pokemon to escape from Arena Trap, as well as any Pokemon that holds the Air Balloon. The Shed Shell can also allow a Pokemon to escape, as well as the moves U-Turn, Baton Pass, and Volt Switch, assuming the Arena Trap Pokemon isn't immune to Volt Switch. Arena Trap also fails to prevent the use of the eject button. And, you know, one thing that's especially helpful for considering when to use Arena Trap or when to plan around it is that the move Gravity uh, considers all Pokemon grounded and therefore trappable as long as it is in effect, and all Pokemon that hold the item the Iron Ball are also considered grounded and therefore being able to be trapped by Arena Trap, even if they are flying types or levitate users. Only Doug Trio and Trap Inch can hold this coveted ability, which is incredibly useful because of its niche status and the rarity of its dispersal in the game. And honestly, like the like Sam said, the, the idea of Arena Trap is really straightforward. Doug Trio and Trap Inch can pop out and say, hey, all of these non-levitate and non-flying type Pokemon are stuck here with me. Yep. But, and but when you're using that arena trap, you've got to be aware of the ways to get around it. Exactly. And, you know, they're more more likely than not, you're not going to be able to, to figure out how to get around it because you'll likely have a Pokemon out there, unless you're predicting the arena trap, that won't be able to escape it. But, you know, Dugtrio and Trapinch are both, I think, NU Pokemon, so they should, in theory, be fairly easy to deal with. Oh, Trapinch is, is Little Cup, even, because he is a, a first evolutionary stage. Oh, that's right, he is. So Doug, in, in actual competitive play, Dugtrio is really the only Pokemon that's going to be using uh, Arena Trap, and even then, Dugtrio is super, super NU. Yeah, that's true. The next ability that we have up here is Contrary. If any Pokemon were to be considered for being known as the trolling Pokemon, it would be those Pokemon with the ability Contrary. Contrary works as a mind-altering ability that makes all stat increases decrease and all stat decreases increase. The qualifier of any move that raises or lowers stats has the opposite effect applies to any move that raises or lowers a stat, including moves like Leaf Storm, Superpower, Draco Meteor, Overheat, and Charge Beam. This ability in particular turns Superior into a terrifying cannon because it can use Leaf Storm, which would otherwise harshly lower its special attack stat, to instead raise its own special attack stat sharply. The aforementioned Superior, Spinda, and Shuckle can all have the contrary ability. And, you know, I guess, to be perfectly honest, I don't know how well Spinda would do with it, but Shuckle and Superior, oh man. Yeah, I mean, Shuckle's a jerk Pokemon in and of himself just because he's got stupidly high defenses and he can, you know, use rest without needing to worry about waking up immediately because his defenses are high enough that he'll just wake up eventually anyways and do it again. But 
Superior is a super fragile Pokemon normally, and, you know, despite being fairly speedy and having the ability to, you know, make an okay wall, her best attack is Leaf Storm. And Leaf Storm really leaves her out in the cold after she uses it once because then her special attack stat has been lowered enough that she's almost useless. Whereas when she finally comes out in the Dream World, which is where she'll get Contrary, she's going to be a terror. A one-trick pony, but a terror. Terrible canon of doom with leaves. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Oh my goodness. The next ability that we're actually going to talk about is called Download. Download is an ability formerly unique to the Porygon Evolutionary line and is now available to the legendary Pokemon Genesect. And this ability causes Porygon, Porygon 2, and Porygon Z, as well as Genesect, to get a stat boost depending on the stats of the opponent Pokemon when the download user comes into play. Download will raise the opponent's special attack if the opponent has a lower special defense than defense, and will raise its attack if the opponent has a lower defense than special defense. Of special note is when a download user enters a battle when the opponent has equal defense and special defense, or you bring him out in a double battle. In the case of opponents with equal defenses, such as Hitmontop, the download user gets a special attack boost. In double battles, the total defense and special defense of both opponent Pokemon are calculated, and the boost is given accordingly. This is an ability that is really difficult to wrap your head around until you've sat down and read it several times. Essentially, what it's doing is giving you, the trainer, an idea as to whether or not the Pokemon you're facing is more specially defensive or more physically defensive. And that can be used as a great boon to you as you decide whether or not, like if you've, if you've got a wall and you're not entirely sure if you should be going at it physically or specially, a download Porygon 2 or Porygon Z can give you an edge in properly planning and smartly playing the rest of your team in an effort to take down this staller. It should, it's also of note to know that if you know exactly what kind of special defense or defense the opponent Pokemon is coming out with, you can easily pop out a Porygon Z, get the special attack boost, and have your special attacks do even more damage, with little or no risk to you. Indeed. So it can, it can really go one of two ways for you. It's a very useful ability if you know how to get, get it going. Exactly. This next ability is also a very powerful ability, and it is known as Dry Skin. Dry Skin, as Sam said, is a very powerful ability in environments where Drizzle is used. This ability gives the user a 25% greater weakness to Fire-type moves, but heals its own HP by 25% when hit with a Water-type move. Also of note is that in Strong Sunlight, a Dry Skin Pokemon will take 12.5% of its total HP in damage every single turn. But in Heavy Rain, the Pokemon will restore 12.5% of its total HP every turn. There are three Pokemon with access to the ability Dry Skin. They are Krogunk, Parasect, and Jinx. You know, it's kind of interesting that, you know, when you've got a dry skin user out there, it has a 25% greater weakness to fire. But if you're in Drizzle, the power of fire type moves is reduced by 50%. So it really doesn't matter a whole lot either way. Indeed. So like Parasect on a Drizzle team is 
a, a real force to be reckoned with. Parasect is one of my current favorite Pokemon. I bred up a Parasect. He is mean. And I, you know, he, he has the dry skin ability. And using him on a rain team is fantastic. Whereas, you know, you can also just use him on any team you want to and pop him out against somebody who's attempting to scald you. Take the scald and be like, mmm, delicious, delicious hit points. Indeed. <laughs> The next ability that we're going to talk about is Flare Boost. Flare Boost is an ability unique to Driftblim that grants it a 50% increase in special attack power when burned. This has incredible ramifications, as it means that the Pokemon with Flare Boost is now immune to conditions, has a 50% more powerful specialist attack stat, and can run Protect or Recovery move or have a Recovery ally to create a very unique and exciting sweeper for a team. We all remember when I was breeding for Flare Boost Driftblim. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so I mean, he's he's worth the struggle, but I'm I'm just I'm just gonna throw it out there. Getting there might be a challenge. Indeed. <laughs> the next ability we have up here is the ability Flower Gift. Flower Gift is Cherim's signature ability, which allows this Pokemon to get a 50% attack and special defense boost in strong sunlight, but also has the twist of allowing a partner in a multi-battle to get the 50% attack and special defense boost as well, making Cherim a very interesting partner to have on a sum team. Unfortunately, Flower Gift does not stack with two Pokemon having the ability out at the same time. You know, Flower Gift, I actually was thinking about building a Cherim, but I never quite got around to it. He's He could be a very interesting partner, it's just that he really has to watch out for the fire attacks. Because those, especially if they're physical instead of specially, uh, instead of specially offensive, can really, really mess up Cherim's day. So yeah, Cher- Cherim would make an extremely interesting partner on some teams, but, you know, at, at least Cherim's signature move isn't as terrible and completely useless as the next move that we're, or the next ability that we're going to talk about. Yeah, and that is the ability Honey Gather. Yeah. So yeah, Honey Gather. It does what it wants. And after a battle, you have a stronger chance to pick up Honey. <laughs> Combi and Teddy are so both get it. That's about all that can be said. Combi's only ability is Honey Gather, isn't it? I think so, yeah. It's it's like Levitate, only useless. Because, <laughs> I mean, Poke- like, Pokemon with Levitate don't get any other ability, whether or not they're Dream World or not, and Combi just gets Honey Gather done. <laughs> well, you know, actually what I thought was Honey Gather is just the derpier cousin to pick up. Because <laughs> all, all you do is pick up honey, that's it. It's like, oh, hi guys, I'm going to get into this battle. Here's some honey! <laughs> I found this honey in this cave, this is tasty, right? <laughs> I have no idea how long this has been here. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that that's, that's that. We'll talk about pickup in a bit. Yes, but first, we are going to be discussing heavy metal and light metal. These two abilities work the same, but reversed. A Pokemon's weight is doubled when it has the Heavy Metal ability, and halved when it has the Light Metal ability, which sounds about as great as it actually is. (laughs) Aegron and Bronzong learn how to increase their density through Heavy Metal, where Metagross, Registeel, and Scizor can start dropping the pounds through Light Metal. 
And honestly, the only use this ability has is to, I don't know, with, with light metal, you can uh, suddenly not be so heavy when you get hit by grass knot, I guess. And, you know, with heavy metal, you could actually increase the power of, like, a move like Heat Crash, but I don't think Agron or Bronzong can learn that. No, they totally can't. Heat Crash is like a, an abil- uh, or a, a Heat Tron ability and a, a Embor ability. Yeah, so, so. <laughs> I guess if you have a Pokemon, if you have an Agron with heavy metal, you could, like, I don't know, name it Nathan Explosion or something, and, you know, just go crazy like that, maybe, but, you know... <laughs> Yeah, let's let's totally just just move on to the next the next ones because these, these these next two are actually really really interesting. Yes, they are. We're going to be talking about huge power and pure power. Doubling attack stats makes everything better, and these two abilities make Azumarill and Medicham insanely powerful. One normally wouldn't associate Azumarill with huge power, but looks can be dangerously deceptive, and these two Pokemon benefit hugely from doubled attack power. I mean, it's it's not just like a, a 50% increase in attack stat or anything like that. It is literally a double attack stat. <laughs> Metacham goes from having a 60 attack stat to a 120 attack stat, which 120 is re- Ridiculous. And especially considering that the tier he's in, he's going to start <laughs> launching off those high jump kicks, and he's just going to be like, ah, hard, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's really, really good. And uh, Azumarill with huge power in the rain using Aqua Jet? No. It's... <laughs> Don't do it. You're going to cause all the hatred and misery to befall you from when your opponents start going crazy with rage. Curses, they will. Steve. <laughs> hey, ever get? Hey, buddy, look, it's Steve, and it's like, no, Josh, no. <laughs> we don't want to fight your huge power, Azumarill, anymore. <laughs> Steve comes out. Josh wins. Pretty That's much. That's how it works. Pretty much. So those two are actually some extremely uh, useful abilities. And, you know, we're going to talk about another fairly useful ability that's not quite as obvious or easy to use next. And, you know, that ability is Illusion. Illusion is Zoroark's signature and only ability and allows Zoroark to disguise itself as the last Pokemon in your party, fooling the opponent into thinking he or she is attacking something other than a Zoroark until they strike it for damage, which then dispels the illusion. However, this trick can backfire. In a double battle, if the Zoroark and another Pokemon are the last to come out, Zoroark will actually clone the other Pokemon's image, making it appear that you have two of the same type of Pokemon out at the same time, to a rather humorous or enraging effect if your opponent is assuming that you have broken the species clause. <laughs> so, I, you know, this this is something that can be very, very useful if you want to pop Zoroark out on a psychic poke or pop Zoroark out on a psychic Pokemon and have him disguised as a fighting type Pokemon so the psychic Pokemon hangs out and then you ruin its day with a dark type attack. Oh, and you ruin its day with a dark type attack. Exactly. So there are ways to make this useful, but you really have to think about it. Oh yeah. It takes super careful planning. You know, I've seen people where they would, you know, 
trick me into switching into Psychic-type Pokemon and then use Dark Pulse. But at the same time, I've also had a Fighting-type Pokemon out there like my Mianxiao, and then I would totally just launch my attack at it anyway, even if it's disguised as a Psychic Pokemon, to just obliterate that Zoroark. So, you know, you kind of have to plan ahead carefully and try and predict exactly what your opponent's going to do. Indeed. The next ability that we're going to talk about is Imposter. This is such a ridiculously troll-like ability. It really (laughs) is. You know, returning to glory from a very, very, very long hibernation... We're talking decade. Ditto has come back with a new ability that is sure to cause heads to turn in frustration. <laughs> but um cha <laughs> Imposter allows Ditto to transform itself into the opponent when it switches in, trolling your opponent to no end and making it an intense revenge killer. The reason for this is because Ditto's Imposter allows it to copy moves, stat changes from moves such as Intimidate and Nasty Plot, Ability, Species, Stats with the exception of HP, and EVs with the exception of HP. Items are not copied, nor can the opponent be impostered if they are behind a substitute or under the illusion effect. So essentially what this means is that instead of having the ability transform where Ditto pops out and he's like, oh, hi, I'm a Ditto. Let me please transform into the Pokemon that I am facing. No, instead Ditto just pops out and says, oh, I can see you from the inside of my Pokeball. Now I'm a Zoroark. It's ridiculous is what it is. It, it is. It is really, really fantastic. And I, a lot of us, I, well, I know Sam and I for, for, for sure are really excited to get our imposter Dittos and see how they work in in competitive play i know and you know honestly there's gonna be a lot of those boosting pokemon out there that are just gonna fall like a ton of bricks when they run into an imposter ditto because when you're building up the boosts on your boosting sweeper unless you're behind a substitute you know you're probably going to be taking a lot of damage and then just expecting your opponent to be like well i'll just uh not be able to do anything because you've just death starred yourself but imposter ditto is like the proton torpedo to the death star <laughs> he pops out and says now all of your ability your stat boosts are mine it's true and yeah star wars reference anyway <laughs> <laughs> our next ability is Far less uh, just game-breakingly useful, but it's still very, very interesting. And it's the ability Klutz. This unique and often undervalued ability allows the Klutz Pokemon to ignore the effects, positive or negative, of its held item, no matter what the item is. Lopunny, Swoobat, Golurk, and Audino all make use of this ability, though Lopunny can arguably use it the best, being able to use Switcheroo to throw harmful or useless items onto opponents to to disrupt their teams. And, you know, some of those items that you can Switcheroo onto an opponent are just useless. I mean, you could just be like, oh, hi, here's a uh, heavy ball or an iron ball. You know, have fun. You well, know, e- even even more than that, I mean, you know, the the, com- the most common item to switch a roux or trick onto a foe is a choice scarf. So people can become, you know, fairly aware of how uh, 
like if they're going to be choice scarf tricked based on how fast a Pokemon is or if they're locked into one move. Whereas a Lopunny would not be abnormally fast and would not be locked into its own move and could therefore extra sneakily be like, hey, here's a choice scarf. You know what's also really extra sneakily just stupidly broken to? Tricking a flame orb or a toxic orb onto an opponent and then laughing because with klutz, you aren't affected by the item even if you're holding it. So it's like, oh, hey, guys, I'm holding this super hot orb here and I'm not getting burned by it. You know, how's that work? Can't explain that. And I'm going to trick it onto you and now you're burned. And I just took your item. Have fun. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. (laughs) So, you know... And like Natil said, this next ability is just ridiculous. Yeah. We're, next, we're going to talk about Magic Bounce. Magic Bounce is an incredibly powerful ability that reflects all attacks against the Magic Bounce Pokemon that change status effects, with the exception of Memento, back onto the attacker, which includes, but is not limited to, entry hazards, status conditions, Encore, and Disable. Magic Bounce also provides an inherent immunity to those effects. Magic Bounce only activates once per turn and is foiled by Pokemon with the abilities Terravolt, Turbo Blaze, and Mold Breaker. Only Espeon and Zatu are able to wield this incredible ability. As Magic Bounce Espeon are ridiculous. Espeon has the ability to bounce back Stealth Rocks, Toxic Spikes, Spikes, Toxic, Will-O-Wisp, uh, thunder wave everything that an opponent can throw at you espion says nah i'm good yeah what else <laughs> you 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 can have it and it's it's crazy i've never uh seen a magic bounce zatu used in battle before but i i can only imagine that in its tier it would also be a terror richard has one. Oh my goodness of course richard has one why would richard not have a a ridiculous pokemon with a terrible tricky ability because that is what richard does it's true and (laughs) he actually won a couple of his battles in his last in the last tournament we had because of it because the opponent would be like oh hi zatu here have some stealth rocks and zatu's like no you can have them right back (laughs) they're yours now (laughs) you know we were just talking about how klutz uh prevents the effects of things like the flame orb. And this next ability that we're going to talk about also has that wonderful, wonderful effect. And that is Magic Guard. Magic Guard is different from Magic Bounce, though it is another absolutely fascinating ability. Magic Guard protects the user from all forms of indirect damage. This includes burn damage, adverse weather, recoil from everything except for struggle, and all of these things, all of these things are completely negated with Magic Guard, which makes for an incredibly valuable trump card. Pokemon with Magic Guard can still be paralyzed and put to sleep, where Magic Bounce Pokemon cannot be, and are not protected from Parish Song or Confusion Damage. Alakazam, Clefable, Reuniclus, and Sigalip can all learn Magic Guard. Your Alakazam is a jerk. Oh, he I love, really is. I love my Alakazam and my Rayuniclus. Both my Alakazam and my Rayuniclus can get free use of the Life Orb. And I'm just saying, if you ever have a time where you can use the Life Orb and not take recoil damage from it, you should be doing it. 
You know, I actually don't have a single Magic Bounce or Magic Guard Pokemon. Oh, you really should. You really should. And, you know, Ryuniclus is a great Magic Guard Pokemon because it can hold the Flame Orb and then switcheroo that onto... Or trick. I guess Rayuniclus gets trick. You can trick that onto your opponent, and then right when your opponent's going to die, you take it back. Yeah, that's true. Let the burn finish him off, and you then know, switch it onto the next Pokemon. That's devious. That that's really what, is. That's what one of Josh's Rayuniclus does. Well, Josh would be that devious, because <laughs> Josh has Pokemon like Steve, and we all know how devious Steve can be. Yeah, so, I mean, Magic, Magic Guard is... is unbelievably amazing and all of the pokemon that can learn magic guard can make really good use of it even cliffable and sigalip can make really good use of magic guard oh totally uh the next abilities that we're going to talk about are plus and minus these abilities operate the same but are tailored to work with each other plus increases the pokemon's special attack by 50 percent if it is on the field at the same time as a pokemon with minus and minus Pokemon get a 50% special attack boost if they are on the field at the same time with a Pokemon with plus. Beyond that, there really is no additional benefit or hindrance. And, you know, we've got Pokemon with plus that are Kling Klang, Ampharos, and Plusl, and there are minus Pokemon that are Kling Klang, Minan, and Manectric. And, you know, unfortunately... Planning ahead with plus and minus is kind of a hard thing to do. Probably the best users of uh, the plus and minus abilities, in my opinion, are Ampharos and Manectric on a doubles team. Because Ampharos has the very awesome ability to be able to use Cotton Guard and boost up his defenses to, you know, an, an extreme. And then if you've got him nice and boosted up and then you throw out Manectric, suddenly Ampharos is terrifying. What you could do is you could scarf Manectric and then put the uh, put the air balloon on the Ampharos, and then you could because you're going to have two electric type Pokemon out on the field. Then you can then you know at least one of them will ev- evade a ground type attack that shot at it, and the other one can just launch off that ridiculous, powerful, super fast attack that Manectric can do. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there there is some benefit to uh, using especially Ampharos and Manectric together. I know that you and I tried to talk about how we would make a plus-minus Kling Clang work, and it, it became really, really difficult because Kling Clang doesn't have a whole lot of options for special attack. No, he doesn't. Which is super disappointing. So, you know, there 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 is some options there for Ampharos and um, and Ectric, but they're really the only ones that are gonna are gonna get any use out of those abilities. Pretty much, yeah. And you know that's sad, but this next ability is makes everything happier. And that <laughs> this ability is, is not sad at all. It is exactly twenty percent more happy than happy, and that is Mold Breaker. Mold Breaker lets Pokemon with it, the ability to ignore opponent Pokemon's abilities that would prevent damage. Levitate users can be hit with Earthquake. Multi-scale Dragonite no longer get the 50% damage reduction to their first attack. And Sturdy sturdy Pokemon no longer get that life-saving throw. And there are honestly a substantial number of Pokemon that get Mold Breaker, the most obvious of which is Haxorus, because everybody uses Mold Breaker Haxorus. But there are other Pokemon that get it as well, including Pinsir, Rampardos, 
Basculin, Drudagon, Excadrill, Throw, and Sock can all use Moldbreaker. When I was researching Moldbreaker, I was really surprised at Pinsir, because I wasn't aware that Pinsir could get an ability like Moldbreaker. And, you know, that gives Pinsir a lot of really new and exciting options, because uh, Pinsir is a very, 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 very NU Pokemon. Very NU Pokemon. And it's kind of a shame, because he was one of my favorite Pokemon to, you know, just from an aesthetic point when Yellow came out. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, hey, maybe he's going to get a little new life uh, breathed into him, and maybe we'll be able to see him work a little better. I was also really excited about uh, seeing Rampardos on this list, because I really love Rampardos, but he's very difficult to make good use of. And he's actually on our list in our Esoteric Abilities twice. And I'll bring him up again when we get down to that other ability later, because I think the other ability that he has even cooler. Indeed. Uh, the next one that we are going to talk about is Moody, which happens to be... Uh, Moody is a banned ability in it is, in Smogon. It is super banned, and it is banned everywhere. Which is and super disappointing. <laughs> I know, right? Moody is a very unique ability in that it gives the, the Moody Pokemon a plus two to any random stat at the beginning of each turn, but gives a minus one to any other random stat, making the boosts completely unpredictable. Moody will never lower a stat that is already at minus six, and it will never raise a stat that is already at plus six. The ability, as we said, is banned by many, many Pokemon gaming communities due to the chances that the Pokemon can get an evasion or an accuracy boost. Now, that's literally the reason it's banned. It's not banned because these Pokemon can become stupidly powerful, you know, after six defense boosts or six special attack boosts. It's because there's a chance that they will get an evasion or an accuracy boost. And, you know, if you've looked at, like, Cerebi's or even Smogon's uh, little tables they have about all the stats and all the boosts that you can get to it, if you're rocking a plus six evasion, you are just ridiculously evasive. I mean, you avoid probably close to 80% of your incoming attacks. And, and you know, while, while that is a little unnecessary... I mean, you have a very good point in the, the problem that you have with the ban summed up for us. Yes. And, you know, I wrote this in here because it's important to note, and that is that Pokemon with Moody, you know, none of them are really very any good. I mean, you've got Beberel, Glalie, Octillery, and Smeargle. And, you know, with the ability... Moody activating on a random rate, I mean, there's a very good chance that you'll get a plus two attack on a Glalie, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but then you could also get, you know, a plus two ac uh, evasion and then get a minus one evasion the very next turn, you know, and, you know, I don't know of anybody ever, except for maybe someone who uses Smeargle, who has ever used a Bibarel, a Glalie, or an Octillery in an actual competitive sense. And I think that's really something to consider when you're talking about banning Moody. It's that these Pokemon don't have any better options. Well, exactly. And, you know, I, I can see banning Moody Smeargle, because Smeargle sees a lot of play in the competitive circuit because he has 
the insane ability to spore very, very quickly. And he could also have Baton Pass to be able to pass off all of the boosts that he's gotten. Exactly, exactly. And that that is a problem. But Beaver, O'Glaley, and Octillery don't have any better options available to them. And so I don't think that the ability itself necessarily needs to be banned, whereas, you know, Moody Smeargle probably should be. <laughs> yeah, because I know, you know... Glalie, Bibarel, and Octillery, you know, all you need really is one sufficiently strong attack, and all three of them are probably going to go down like a ton of bricks. Crumble, crumble. Indeed. One Pokemon that will not go down like a ton of bricks if you hit it with a contact move is, you know, our next Pokemon, which has the ability Mummy. Mummy is an ability that says when the wielder is hit with a contact attack, the attacking Pokemon has its ability changed to Mummy as well. This effect is lost when the opponent switches out. Pokemon, Pokemon with Multi-Type, Wonder Guard, and Mummy are immune to this effect. And this ability is only found on two Pokemon, Yamask and Kafagrigus. Which, and essentially what this ability is doing is allowing you as a trainer to nullify a physically attacking Pokemon's ability. Which has ridiculous consequences for a Pokemon. And, you know, it can be said that you could use it for either benefiting the Pokemon or weakening the Pokemon. A Choice Scar, uh, you know, a Haxorus that has Mold Breaker would severely, severely miss not having Mold Breaker again. But at the same time, a Pokemon with the ability like Truant would absolutely adore having Mummy instead. Absolutely. 100%. So so Mummy can go one of two ways. And because it can go one of two ways, it can be very useful in uh, double teams or in single battles. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of potential for Kafagrigus to make very good use of its only ability. Uh, Kafagrigus only having one ability is not in any way limita- limiting for that Pokemon. Exactly. Now, another Pokemon ability that we have out there that has a lot of potential for use, but isn't often seen, is the ability Normalize. Normalize says that all attacks used by this Pokemon act as if they are the normal type. If the user is normal, that Pokemon then gets Stab, and they are always resisted by Rock and Steel type Pokemon, and are ineffective against Ghosts. A normalized Will-O-Wisp will not activate Flash Fire and will not burn, oh, and will burn ghost types. Fire types will not be burned because they are immune to the burn status completely. This ability is found only on Skitty and Delcaddy and has some potential use, but is difficult to use competitively simply because the Pokemon it is found on are so difficult to use. You know, there there is this idea that, for instance, uh, Delcaddy could use Thunder Wave to paralyze a ground type Pokemon, but at the same time, Delcaddy has a very difficult time finding a solid place on any team because its stats are so weak. Some of those normal-type Pokemon down there in NU just have ridiculously weak stats. And unfortunately, Skitty and Delcaddy are two of those Pokemon. Indeed they are. Uh, the next ability that we're going to talk about is actually Pickpocket. When the opponent hits this Pokemon with a contact move... This Pokemon steals the opponent's held item. Pickpocket fails if the Pokemon already has an item or if either Pokemon is behind a substitute. It can be found on Seedot, Shiftry, Sneasel, and Weavile. And this ability works essentially like Thief without needing to use up a precious move slot. 
The unfortunate drawback behind this is that the opponent needs to hit your Pokemon with Pickpocket with a contact move, and unfortunately for especially Weavile, he's not going to appreciate being hit with any sort of a physical attack, you know, in at any cost. True story. So, you know, Pickpocket has some perks in that it doesn't have to use a move slot and can work like Thief, but does have that drawback of, you know, being needing to actually be hit by a physical attack before before it'll work. So It's kind of dis- depressing, because I could really <laughs> see Weavile just loving Pickpocket. Yeah, if only it didn't have a terrible physical defense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next up, we have actually probably one of the most useful outside of battle in-game abilities, and that is pickup. Yeah, so like like Sam said, the out-of-game stuff is really, really useful, but the first thing that we have to talk about is what it does in battle. In single battles, if a one-time use item, such as berries or gems, is consumed by your opponent, a Pokemon with pickup gains the used item if they are not already holding one. In double and triple battles, it can also gain an allies consumed item. A Pokemon using pickup can also gain items used, can also gain items thrown at it using fling. However, eject buttons and air balloons cannot be picked up. In double and triple battles, if more than one user of pickup is on the field at the same time, only the faster one will pick up the used item. Outside of battle, pickup allows the Pokemon to receive a random, free item after battling if it isn't already holding one. The item collected is based on the level of the Pokemon. Apom, Ambipom, Lillipup, Zigzagoon, Linoon, Meowth, Munchlax, Pachirisu, Banpi, and Teddy Ursa all can have the ability pickup. This ability is so useful outside of battle. It really is. It, it lets you pick up uh, rare candies and all sorts of other really crazy things, depending on the level you're at. I mean, if you level an Ambipom all the way up to 100, and it's a pickup Ambipom, you are set for life on rare candies. That's actually what I use, Ambipom, because he's very, very useful when you're trying to pick out a pickup Pokemon, because with all of the other Pokemon we have in our list here except for maybe Lanoon, you know, you have to worry about each of these Pokemon leveling up and then losing the pickup ability. And you're, ideally, if you have a pickup Pokemon, you want to get it up to, if not 100, at least level 91, because the 91 to 100 leveled list is where you start finding items like leftovers with something along the lines of a 5% chance of finding them. So, you know, you want to get up pickup user theoretically up to that level, unless you had some other aspirations for like the 51 to 60 list or something. And a Pokemon like Ambipom is fantastic for that, especially since they already have the attack power to even be theoretically used in a pinch in-game if you just wanted to run around and fake out these weaker wild Pokemon into submission. True story... Uh, the next ability that we're actually going to talk about is Rattled. Rattled, you know, 
if this Pokemon is hit with a bug, dark, or ghost type attack, the Pokemon's speed is boosted by one stage. And, you know, the speed boost will be granted for each hit of a multi-hit attack, and it has no effect outside of battle. And, you know, the list of these Pokemon are not so great, actually. You know, you've got Bonsly, uh, Clampearl, Cubchoo, Dunsparce, Granbull, Lediba, Magikarp, Puchiana, Snubble, Sudowoodo, and Whismur. And those all can have rattled. But, you know, the only Pokemon, really, that I want to bring to attention on that list are Poochiana and Magikarp. And if you find a Poochiana or a Magikarp with the Rattled ability, that means that they are actually going to get a much better ability when they level up. Because with a Rattled Poochiana, it evolves into a Moxie Mightyena. And a Magikarp will evolve into a Moxie Gyarados. So that's a really important indicator for what type of Pokemon those two are going to level up into. And, you know, that's always nice. But, you know, honestly, Bug, Dark, and Ghost, I don't think many of those Pokemon can actually take a super effective hit from any of those. And some of them are actually immune to Ghost-type attack. So it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to use... You know, if if you don't see the need to use the Pokemon themselves, it doesn't even it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to use the ability itself. True story. Next up, we have a far more useful ability, and that is Shadow Tag. Oh boy, Shadow Tag! Shadow Tag says that enemy Pokemon cannot switch out. An enemy Pokemon can escape by using Baton Pass, U-Turn, or Volt Switch, or by holding the item the Shed Shell. Moreover, if two Pokemon with Shadow Tag are facing one another, both Pokemon can still switch out. In doubles and triples, uh, Shadow Tag does not affect your partner Pokemon, and it has no use outside of battle. It's different from Arena Trap in a lot of ways because Shadow Tag keeps Levitate and Flying-type Pokemon in the battle. Exactly. Pokemon that can have Shadow Tag include Wobbuffet, Why Not, Chandelure, Gothita, Gothitelle, Lampent, and Litwick. You know, um, when it comes to Shadow Tag, uh, really the biggest one out of all of that list that everybody is familiar with is Wobbuffet. And Wobbuffet has been used really extensively in the Ubers tiers to really mess up a lot of those more powerful Pokemon that would, you know, use those gigantic attacks, because Wobbuffet already has a fairly ridiculously high defense and special defense, and has access to those beautiful moves like Counter and Mirror Coat. And, you know, it's only been recently with the 5th gen hidden abilities list that Chandelure and Gothitelle have really gotten access to it. Indeed. So we we haven't seen those two Pokemon yet in the States, but once we do, I can only imagine that those two Pokemon are going to become absolute terrors on the battlefield. It's going to be intense. (laughs) Up next, we're going to talk about one of my favorite abilities, and that is Sheer Force. Sheer Force boosts the power of attacks by 30%, but only works for attacks with a secondary effect, and the secondary effect is ignored. 
recoil, user stat penalties, increased hit critical hit ratio, perfect accuracy, and variable power attacks are primary effects, and so moves with these effects are not boosted by sheer force. Moves with a both a primary and secondary effect, such as flare blitz, will still gain the power increase, but the secondary effect is negated, and the primary ability still takes place. In the case of Flare Blitz, the 10% burn rate is negated, but the user still takes recoil from increased power. Sheer Force also negates the effects of items that occur after damage, such as Red Card or the Eject button on the defending Pokémon, and Shell Bell or Life Orb recoil on the attacking Pokémon. It also negates the, the effects of the ability Color Change on the defending Pokémon. It also has no effect outside of battle. And the list for Pokemon that have access to Sheer Force is very long and very extensive. You've got Braviary, Conkeldur, Darmanitan, Darmanitan Z, Dredagon, Girder, Rufflet, Timber, Bagon, Kranidos, Feraligator, Hariyama, Kingler, Krabby, Landorus, Landorus T, Makahita, Mawile, Nidoking, Nidoqueen, Romperdos, Steelix, Taurus, Totodile, and Trapinch. Now, the reason that we included this one on the list is not because it's rare, but because people don't understand it. And I admit that I didn't understand it for a long time because I didn't realize that it negated the effects of, like, Life Orb recoil. It was really difficult for me to wrap my head around it, too, because I would read the text and I would put the life orb on, like, my Darmanitan, and I would still take recoil after using Flare Blitz. And I was like, what is going on? I thought it negated all this secondary stuff. Yeah, and, and the reason that you're taking damage from Flare Blitz is because of Flare Blitz, not because of the life orb. Exactly. So, I mean, there's a lot of Pokemon on this list that can make amazing use out of Sheer Force. Nidoking is one that's really, really exciting. I also get really excited about the idea of a Sheer Force Feraligator and Kingler and Rampardos. Especially the Feraligator, because those, oh, right? starter, those starter Pokemon have kind of been thrown under the bus for the longest, longest time. And now with these hidden abilities coming out, that Feraligator is just going to be brutal. Yeah, it's, it's going to be so awesome. So, like, like I said, the reason that we included this is just because we wanted to put out there exactly how it works and what effects it negates, because so many people just don't understand how Sheer Force works. Indeed. Now, another ability that we have out here is also one that's not very common be just because, you know, many of these Pokemon aren't used very often, and this is the ability Simple. Simple says that uh, this ability doubles all stat changes that are applied to the Pokemon with the ability. As such, any boosts gained by Baton Pass are not doubled. Stats are still capped at six boosts, which effectively becomes three with Simple. There are only five Pokemon that have access to Simple, and they are Bidoof, Beaverl, Numel, Woobat, and Swoobat. Uh, and Woobat and Swoobat are... Uh, they're hidden abilities, so we have not been able to see them in action quite yet. I don't know if Numel or Bibarel actually do have any self-boosting moves, except, you know, short of, like, TMs. 
True story. I, I think that Swoobat will be able to make some decent use out of Simple, but that's going to be something that, you know, we're, we're going to have to really look into once it's actually available to us. True story. Can you imagine how just ridiculously broken it would be if you had a psychic-type Pokemon that could use Nasty Plot and had the ability Simple? I don't, I don't, I don't even want to go there. Just I mean, be like, oh, hi, four plus four special attack right off the bat. And it's like, oh, well, game over. Let's uh, start, you know, wrapping this up. So Game over is correct. Oh, uh, Swoobat does have some ridiculously good use of uh, its simple ability because it can learn Calm Mind. Oh, man. And its uh, special attack and special defense are really kind of cruddy on their own. It gets it has a special attack of 77 and a special defense of 55, but its, its base speed is 114. Oh. So two Calm Minds is essentially four Calm Minds for this Pokemon, and therefore, ridiculous. All of the epic ever. Man, All- I, I want to swoop out with Simple now. I want a simple swoobat. I mean, that's that's pretty sweet. I'm not even going to lie. That's ridiculous. So that's, you know, swoobat is probably going to make some good use out of simple. The next Pokemon ability that we're going to talk about is no good for anyone. And that ability is slow start. Yep. This Pokemon's attack and speed are reduced by 50% for five turns after it switches in. If the user switches out, the counter resets. This ability can be removed by Skill Swap, Gastro Acid, or Worry Seed. If Slow Start is Skill Swapped out onto a Pokemon already under the effects of Slow Start, the counter is not reset. And the only Pokemon with this ability is Regigigas. And it's terrible. Regigigas is like the most worthless out of any legendary out there. There is really hardly anything that you can do with Regigigas because he has five turns of completely nerfed attack and speed. And, like, I don't know why it was decided that this was a good idea for an ability. It's it's terrible. It's not helpful in any situation. It's not even situationally helpful, like, on the off chance that some random thing happens, like, with your... Uh, like your dry skin or your um what was the one that we were just talking about with the bug and dark and whatever types rattled Rattled. yeah so i mean it's it's not even it's not even got any sort of use in a random situation it's just terrible all around one theory that i had with slow start regigigas was that if you had him in a rotation battle you could have him just sitting in back and just wait out the five turns until the Regigigas finally gets itself moving into action. But, you know, at the same time, I've never been able to test that because I don't own a Regigigas, and I don't know too many people who actually have one. So, you know, maybe if any of the listeners are have a slow start Regigigas and they can test that out for us and let us know, that would be awesome. But, yeah, as, as it is right now, he is very, very difficult to use in a competitive situation. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, he is. The next ability that we have is, like, the brightest day as opposed to the darkest night difference <laughs> to slow start, and that is solar power. Oh, solar power is sweet. When sunny day is in effect, 
the Pokemon that has solar power loses one eighth of its hit points per turn, but its special attack is increased by 50%. Pokemon that can have sun or solar power include Sunflora, Sunkerin, Tropius, Charmander, and Charizard. Solar power Charizard. Oh, solar power Charizard. We have awaited your arrival for so long. It's true. And we've discussed him many, many times on the show. And, you know, despite the fact that even with solar power, he's still considered an NU Pokemon, he will probably be a game changer for a lot of different people just because of that solar power being able for him to just unleash those fire blasts, those solar beams, those focus blasts, and they will hit for a tremendous amount of damage. Heck yes, they will. Oh my goodness. The next ability that we're going to talk about is far less useful, and it is soundproof. Now, with Pokemon that have soundproof, they are immune to all moves based on sound. And this comprises all of the following. Bug Buzz, Chatter, Echoed Voice, Grass Whistle, Growl, Hyper Voice, Metal Sound, Parish Song, Relic Song, Roar, Roar of Time, Round, Screech, Sing, Snarl, Snore, Sonic Boom, Supersonic, and Uproar. Note that Heal Bell actually now cures Pokemon with Soundproof. And if a Pokemon that has a Perish Count uses Baton Pass to a Soundproof Pokemon, that effect is still passed on. And Electrode, Mime Jr., Mr. Mime, Exploud, Voltorb, Wismer, Abomasnow, Bastiodon, Bufalant, Shieldon, and Snover all have access to this ability. It should be noted that the only of, of these moves that I've ever really seen in a competitive battle are Bug Buzz and Roar. I was surprised that Bug Buzz is a move that is based on sound. Yeah, that's that's a little strange, but it, you know, for Volcarona, you know, if you've got a soundproof Pokemon out against a Volcarona, Volcarona goes, okay, that's a little bit depressing. And now I'll just use Fiery Dance and still defeat you. Right? So it's, you know, it's, it doesn't have enough use to really make it worthwhile in a lot of cases, considering that most of these Pokemon have abilities that are much more effective to them. Like Bastiodon gets sturdy, so much better than Soundproof. Obama Snow has Snow Warning, always preferred. Mr. You know, Mime gets Technician, which is better than Soundproof. I was actually about to say the only time that I could ever see Soundproof being good on these Pokemon would be with Mr. Mime, and I would only see that as being in a very NU battle, where you would have to worry about Pokemon like Lapras that would be uh, using Parish Song to start switching people out. (laughs) And really, Mr. Mime would really only be there to negate the would be there to negate the Parish Song and then maybe answer back with a psychic attack or something. But, you know, honestly, beyond that, after you figured that out, you know, the trick is gone. So, I don't know. Stuff. Stuff, ants, stuff. Okay, uh, the next ability that we're going to talk about is Stall. And basically it says, this Pokemon moves last. That's all. Yeah. 
one should never use a Sableye with this ability because Sableye has access to Prankster, which is way, way better. Uh, you know, stall is one of those things where there aren't very many times where you should be going last ever. I no. mean, you, you typically want to be going in front of your opponent. And if you really want to go last, throw your, let your Pokemon hold an iron ball and use your ability for something much more worthwhile. It's true. <laughs> and, you know, since Sableye is the only one with this ability, you know, if you look at his move pool, really the only move that he would ever be able to abuse with Stall would be Payback. But Sableye will get probably get murdered before he even has a chance to do Payback. You know, it's not, it's not worth it. True story. Next the, we're going to talk about Tangled Feet. Tangle Feet increases evasion by 20% when this opponent is when the Pokemon is confused. This ends when confusion ends. And Chatot, Pidgeot, Pidgey, Spinda, Doduo, and Dodrio all have access to this ability. Which is terrible. Pretty much, yeah. I mean your your evasion goes up when you're confused, but while you're confused, you're probably smashing yourself in the face and taking damage anyway. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't even know why that's there. Maybe it's just to be like, oh, hi, guys, have fun with this Tangled Feet Pidgey. You know? <laughs> right. An ability that is far more useful, though, is the ability Technician. And, Natil, you should tell us all about why Technician is awesome. Technician is so awesome because it is a powerful ability that allows all moves with a base power of 60 or lower, to get a 50% attack power boost, making them at least base 90. This has strong implications for stab priority attacks, which would get the technician boost, the stab boost, and the priority speed to hit for a significant amount of damage. The two that can best abuse this are Sizor and Persian, who can hit hard with a banded bullet punch or a normal gem boosted fake out, respectively. As we mentioned, both... Uh, Persian and Sizor have access to, th to this ability, along with Ambipom, Mincino, Hitmontop, Breloom, Mr. Mime, Cricketune, and Roserade. You know, the Ambipom 2 is a really nice user of Technician. He's along the same lines as Persian with Fake Out, but usually with Ambipom, you won't want to be carrying Normal Gem on him. You'll probably want to be carrying something along the lines of a weird held item like a, I don't know, like a ring target or a choice scarf or something to switch a roux onto somebody else. The Persian really is what you have to get that super powerful, you know, smack of a fake out right off the bat and potentially even knock out an Alakazam with it. Just saying. Let's talk about Tinted Lens. Yes. <laughs> Tinted Lens has the ability to increase the power of moves that are resisted by double, allowing any Pokemon with this ability to strike for at least neutral damage against anything this, that the, um, the uh, defender isn't immune to. Illumise, Yanmega, Venomoth, Butterfree, Noctowl, Mothim, and Sigilith all learn this ability. What these Pokemon have in common, except for uh, Sigilith, is that they are all Bug-type Pokemon. And uh, bug-type Pokemon are resisted by several types of uh, Pokemon, not to mention that most of these Pokemon are also dual-typed. So it, it gives you a lot of 
freedom to work with within their move pools, despite the fact that nearly all of them are uh, NU Pokemon. Oh, yeah. And I've seen, especially with Scott and his Yon Mega, you know, even if you, you know, it's almost not worth it to bring out a Pokemon that will even resist its bug buzz, because it's going to do a tremendous ad- amount of damage to any type of Pokemon that it comes out on, because either with Air Slash or Bug Buzz, I mean, that poke all it needs is those two attacks, and it just rips through people. It was just shocking to see when I battled him with it one time. Yeah, and uh, Tinted Lens Butterfree is also a really, really interesting... A really interesting Pokemon. Oh, yeah. And I actually do have a Tinted Lens Butterfree, and I haven't gotten to use it as often as I would like. And, you know, while his stats are still fairly terrible, it does it does strike out for a significant amount of damage, especially considering that Butterfree has a fairly wide and varied moveset. It can learn Psychic, you know, it can learn Bug Buzz, it can learn Air Slash. You know, it has a couple of different options that a lot of Pokemon resist, and you can use that to great advantage, because you're either going to neutrally hit or super effectively hit any Pokemon that's going to come out on you. Indeed. Next up, we have the ability Toxic Boost. Toxic Boost is a lot like Flare Boost, only it works with uh, Poison and Attack. Toxic Boost increases the attack power by 50%, when a Pokemon is under the effects of poison. Uh, it is only found on Zangoose, who otherwise has the ability that makes him immune to poison. <laughs> the attack increase can be used to great effect and stays in effect as long as Zangoose is poisoned, whether he switches out or not. You know, when I read that one, I was kind of shocked, but then I was like, you know what? I would approve of this, I think, over immunity, because I'll bet Zangoose could just roll out the attacks with this ability. Toxic Boost is awesome. You know what's kind of awesome, but also sort of really terribly weird? What's that? Truant. Oh man, I forgot about this one. Yeah, here it is. Let's talk about Truant. Yeah, Truant is slacking signature ability, and it's what calms down his otherwise ridiculously powerful stat pool. I mean, slacking by himself has probably one of the highest base attacks of any normal-type Pokémon, has one of the highest base HPs of any normal-type Pokémon. He has really good defense and special defense. I mean, he is just a tank. But the ability makes it so that Slacking can only attack every other turn, which can make the prospect of his use rather limited. But, you know, there is a ray of sunshine for this. You know, Gastro Acid, the attack that Pokemon such as uh, Galvantula can learn, or the ability Mummy, if used on Slacking, can remove Truant and allow Slacking to go on just a murderous rampage. Oh, murderous rampages. It's true. It, It really, like, it's super ridiculous. It's intense. It really is. What is our next ability, Sam? That would be Victory Star. Oh, Victory Star, which happens to be Victini's signature ability. And while the flavor text is sort of ambiguous, uh, the ten per- it, it gives a 10% increase in uh, move accuracy for allies. 
which is not at all ambiguous. It is it is a 10% increase in all accuracy for your allies. I think the flavor text for Victini says that that ability makes it so that like all your like all of your allies get a more powerful boost to their abilities or you know to their fighting power or something. I mean it's just a really ridiculous way to say it. And, you know, while while Victini's kind of hyped up as this, you know, hey, victory for everybody, you know, I'll win everything, you know, I suppose the 10% increase in move accuracy is pretty awesome, but, you know, short of seeing it on teams that have a lot of moves like Thunder and Blizzard, you know, it's, you know, okay, I guess, is the best way to put it. True story. Up next, we have the ability Water Veil. Water Veil prevents burns from occurring, which seems fairly specific and undesirable, considering the amount of Pokémon who have the ability who are not at all known for their attack stat. Still, with a ban of Swift Swim and Drizzle, some might consider the ability for especially Floatzel and Huntail, who could in theory benefit from it in lower tiers. The Pokémon that can learn it are Seeking, Waylord, Mantine, Floatzel and Huntail, and Luminion. And honestly, there, there really isn't a whole lot of anything else to say about this ability. The, these Pokemon don't get burned. And yeah. that's about it. Yeah, and, you know, it's just, it's a weird ability, but, you know, at the same time, you look at a Pokemon with Water Veil, and if you run into a Floatzel or a Huntail, and you've already seen someone do, like, a Drizzle or... Well, not a Drizzle, I guess, but if you see them on a Drizzle team in the NU tier, or if you see them in just any other sort of situation, and, you know, there's always that one chance that that Floatzel or Huntail can't get burned, and, you know, it's something to consider if you're pulling out Pokemon that are using Scald or Will-O-Wisp. Indeed. Up next, we have the ability Weak Armor. Weak Armor drops a Pokemon's defense by one stage when it is hit by a physical attack, but at the same time boosts speed by one stage, which makes it unique if nothing else. The only problem with Weak Armor Pokemon is that many of them are far too frail to appreciate the physical attack in the first place. Pokemon that can learn, or Pokemon that can have the Weak Armor ability include Garbodar, Crustal, Kabutops, Amastar, Mandibuzz, Meg Cargo, Skarmory, and Vanillux. Another thing, too, when it comes to weak armor is that even when these Pokemon are bulkier, like Skarmory, they don't appreciate that defense drop. Because, I mean, Skarmory really aren't known for their speed. They're really well known for their ability to take uh, entry hazards, their ability to cast off entry hazards, and that's really their job and they won't appreciate getting that speed boost, especially when they're probably going to eventually switch out and then lose whatever speed boost that they would get. Indeed. Down to our last two abilities, starting off with Wonder Skin. Wonder Skin prevents status conditions from working 50% of the time, which affects all status conditions, including sleep, paralysis, and confusion, which Magic Guard cannot claim. Sig- uh, Sigilyph, Delcaddy, and Venomoth can all learn this ability. 
you know, really, when we've been talking about these abilities, I think Sigilyph has been the one Pokemon that has been mentioned in all three of the, you know, all three of his abilities that he can learn have been mentioned in this list of ours. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy, actually. Sigilyph is just a really interesting Pokemon. He's so weird. Wonderskin Venomoth, though, is actually pretty sweet. Yeah, he is. I'm kind of excited to see what one could do with a Venomoth with Wonderskin. Indeed. Last ability we're going to talk about is Zen Mode. And uh, Zen Mode is Darmanitan's signature ability. And it allows him to change his form and get a new stat distribution when his HP drops to 50% or lower. With Darmanitan, one can belly drum to drop his HP down to 50% and then use Zen Mode with a plus 6 attack boost to make a tough-to-crack tank Pokemon as Zen Mode Darmanitan has a much, much higher defense and special defense than your typical Darmanitan. You know, and, you know, it's kind of rough to sell on this because, I mean, you are lowering your HP intentionally down to 50% without, you know, theoretically a substitute behind it because otherwise Darmanitan doesn't have the HP to pop out a substitute that'll live very long. But, you know... I don't know, maybe as a, it does seem a little gimmicky, maybe, but I would love to make a Zenmo Darmanitan one time just to see how well it worked in practice. I really would like to see you do that. I think that if anyone could pull it off, it would be you. I thank you. (laughs) That actually wraps up our extremely long discussion. Super long. On esoteric Pokemon abilities. If you've stuck with us this far, you are in for a treat because we're heading over to Philosteraptor's Musings. As I just got done telling you, we have come over to Velociraptor's Musings, and uh, in, in today's musing, we're actually going to talk about something that Sam and I mentioned in the last episode, which has to do with Pikachu and why we think he is so ridiculously OP. For listeners that maybe don't remember what I'm talking about, Sam and I noticed in the Pokemon the Movie 2000 that in the very first scene, Pikachu is supremely intense and overly aware of everything that's about to go on in this really heavy-handed portrayal of foreshadowing when the narrator is, you know, saying, oh, everybody is so happy and everything is totally cool. And we had this thought that Pikachu has to be either one of two things. Pikachu is either Arceus reincarnate or is the uh, absolute avatar of Arceus, the Pokemon deity. And it makes perfect sense. It explains everything. Everything that Pikachu does. Everything. Because, I mean, when, when you think about it, Pikachu has done a lot of things in the anime that he absolutely has no right to be able to do. He has taken down 
He's taken down Rhydons with Thundershocks. He has affected other ground-type or rock-type Pokemon to extreme effect with his electric attacks. He has survived falls from cliffs. He is constantly getting captured by Team Rocket and then managing to escape. He's extremely intelligent, extremely perceptive, like to the point of being almost empathic at times, or perhaps even psychic at times, like we saw in... Uh, Pokemon the movie 2000, it, it it just makes sense. Well, in Pokemon 2000, he was almost omniscient. I mean, he right? would just run up to something that he's probably never seen before in his entire life, as far as we know. And he'll just be like, yeah, that's totally one of the treasures of this uh, Pokemon giant, you know, ritual you're supposed to undergo. And it's like, how how do you know that? How, exactly. Yeah. How how do you know that? And that that's exactly the thing. So the the general theory behind this is that Ash's Pikachu is very very special in that it it has either been imbued with Arceus's Pokemon deity powers and is therefore also you know omni- just as omniscient as Arceus. Or in the case of being like an avatar of Arceus, he is slightly less powerful than Arceus but still absolutely ridiculous. I know, right? And, you know, I think it was actually the two ideas that we had. You thought that Pikachu was Arceus reincarnated, and I posed the idea that that Pikachu was an avatar of Arceus. And, you know, both ideas really do hold some water on either end. I I honestly think that the idea of uh, uh, Pikachu being an Arceus avatar is probably slightly more accurate because we do have the movie eventually that you and I will someday get to where um, Arceus features in and Arceus and Pikachu do show up in the same place at the same time, I believe. And if that's the case, then he can't be Arceus reincarnate because then Arceus is still a thing and Arceus can't be in two places at once, but maybe he can because he's God. Pretty much. As far as we know, Arceus (laughs) can do anything. So, you know, magic plates, you know, (laughs) Pretty much. And, you know, that's that was the only explanation Sam and I could come up with for why our, for why Pikachu is so unbelievably overpowered in the anime. If if you happen to have a better explanation or maybe not even better, but just different, you should totally let us know. You can do that by sending an email to the underground mailbag at Gmail dot com. What kind of Pokemon are you? How do you do the things you do? Share with me your secrets deep inside. What kind of Pokemon are you? Are you loyal through and through? And do you have a heart that's true? What kind of Pokemon are you? This week's Pokemon Spotlight covers number 376, Metagross. Metagross is a dual Steel-type Pokémon and is known as the Iron Leg Pokémon. Metagross is a large, quadrupedal Pokémon with the general appearance of a tremendous tank. It is a turquoise blue color with a disc-shaped body, deep red eyes, and a silver X across its face. The manner in which its legs attach to its body also give it a slightly arachnid-like silhouette. Metagross evolved through a sort of fusion process, much like Magnemite and Magneton. Two Beldum fused to evolve into Metang, and then two Metang fused to evolve into Metagross. Metagross's intelligence is extraordinarily high, 
It has four brains, one from each beldum used in the process of evolution, connected by a highly complex neural network. It is said to be able to outpace a supercomputer. Despite being in extremely intelligent, Metagross are vicious predators and can become extremely territorial. It prefers to live in mountainous areas, much like its pre-evolutionary forms. Metagross has appeared several times in the anime, even once appearing in its shiny form. In the manga, Steven owns a Metagross, which, uses, which he uses as his flight Pokemon thanks to Metagross's psychic levitation abilities. This Metagross also helps him to dig rare stones out of caves. Metagross is one of the Pokemon that will pop out of the Pokeball item in Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Metagross is tied with Excadrill and Escavalier for the highest attack stat of all Steel-type Pokemon. It has the third highest attack stat of all psychic Pokemon, outclassed only by the attack and normal forms of Deoxys. Metagross has the highest stat total of all non-legendary steel and psychic type Pokemon. Metagross's name is a combination of metal, referring to its steel typing, and cross, referring to the X on its face. With such high, well-rounded stats, Metagross makes a powerful force to behold on the battlefield as befitting his pseudo-legendary status. Being genderless, however, it has no egg moves and thus a substantially more limited move pool than some of his counterparts in the OU tier. But with strong physical options like Bullet Punch, Meteor Mash, Zen Headbutt, Hammer Arm, and Earthquake, his raw power makes his predictability a non-issue. For a full write-up on video game strategy involving Metagross, check out my post on the Pokedex Project. That's pokedexproject.wordpress.com. So we're back with the question of the week, and we actually have a couple of responses from last week's question. If you don't remember what our last week's question was, it is if you could have, if Pokemon were real and you could have any one to be your partner to have, which one would it be? And Natil, you should tell us what some of our listeners have written into us to tell. We actually had two listeners write in with responses, uh, the first of which was Josh, and as I, I think you and I both sort of predicted, uh, Josh wrote in with the response, Umbreon. And when he wrote into us, it was in all caps, Folded, italicized, and underlined, and had like 16 exclamation points after it. <laughs> Josh's Pokemon partner is going to be Umbreon, and that's that's just that. That's that. Uh, Riven also wrote into us, and he said that he was really struggling to choose between Gallade, Roserade, and Zoroark. Uh, he actually ended up choosing Gallade uh, because his Pokemon could be his actual sensei. Nice. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a cool reason. Yeah, that is. So this week's question, uh, which came courtesy of my husband, Ben, is what would your Pokemon trainer's specialization be? This was a tough question. It really was. It was tough for me to decide, and it was really tough for you to decide. I started off saying that I would have been a Pokemon coordinator, because I love how theatrical coordination and things like that is. And then I was like, well, but when I was growing up, I always liked to pretend that I was a Pokemon breeder like Brock. And then last night, we were finally sort of sitting down and discussing this, and I realized that both of those were wrong. I would be a Pokemon ranger. 
Nice. I would. I I have a a real strong affinity for the natural world. I love to be out in nature, and the idea that I could be out with a single Pokemon partner and working very, very hard to protect what natural habitats Pokemon have and giving a better quality of life to the wild Pokemon in my area is is just a really cool idea for me. And I, I think that that would be a lifestyle that I would really choose. That's awesome. It really is. What did you decide on after all of the hemming and hawing that we went through last night? You know, we did go through a lot of hemming and hawing about it. And, you know, I was thinking about it and I couldn't decide really what I wanted at first. I mean, you know, while you kind of, you're just like, coordinator right off the bat I was very indecisive because I was thinking about it and I was like you know what I'd like to do all of the things that I do in Pokemon games but ultimately I decided that I would be a I think I would be a like a competitive trainer it was and so funny because you you were like I, I I think I would just be a trainer and I was like that's that's totally a legitimate option being a trainer is a specialization yep and, you know, when I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, what would I like to do if I was in, if Pokemon were real and I could do anything that I wanted with them? And I thought, you know, maybe a ranger would be cool. Maybe being a coordinator would be kind of awesome to go through and win some of the ribbons, that sort of thing. You know, I wasn't, you know, entirely sold on breeding. And then I was like, you know what? I would totally want to have my own, like, my own Dragonite and my own other Dragon-type Pokemon, you know, a few others that I'm really fond of, Togekiss, etc. And I would want to kick down the door of the E4 and challenge all of them to incredible combat and just ridiculous stuff. And, you know, that was what I would like to do. Maybe I would like to coordinate on the side a little, but being a, tr- being a competitive trainer and maybe breeding up Dragon-type Pokemon... That would be an awesome route for me to take. I think that's really cool. And Sam and I are really interested to hear what you would want to do if, you know, if Pokemon were real and you were able to choose a trainer specialization. Would you want to be a coordinator? Would you want to be a trainer, a gym leader, a breeder? Would you want to be a ranger? Any of these things are totally open to you. And Sam and I want to hear what you would want to be and why you chose that. You can send your responses to this week's question of the week in an email to the underground mailbag at gmail.com. If you enjoyed today's broadcast, you can find back episodes of The Underground on iTunes or at our website, theundergroundpodcast.wordpress.com. Please subscribe to the show via the iTunes store or directly through the RSS feed on our website. If you like what you hear, leave us a review or a rating on iTunes. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, send them with the nearest Jellybird to our mailbag. Or you can just email us at theundergroundmailbag at gmail.com. We'd also love to hear your bumpers. Just record an MP3 of yourself telling us that you dig the underground and send it in. We'll play it at the top of the next episode. 
Also, we would love to have you join our discussions over on the D20 Radio Network forums at d20radio.com backslash forums. Please join us again next week when we will be discussing ways to get your, po- your multiplayer Pokemon fix without having to battle. So until next time, Pokefans, remember that our secret base is always open to you if you can find it. The Underground Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license, and is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Pokemon is a registered trademark of Nintendo, Game Freak, 4Kids Entertainment, and Wizards of the Coast. Music used in the show comes courtesy of the OC Remix album, The Missing No Tracks. These songs and thousands more can be found at www.ocremix.org. All original audio, textual, graphical, and video content associated with the Underground Podcast are the sole copyright intellectual property of Nikhil Erickson and Samuel Ranke in affiliation with the D20 Radio Network. Um, I didn't get anything too terribly... Uh... God dang it, Antilly, shut up! <laughs> You're ruining everything. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Alright, I think I'll just start over from the uh, thread I was going on. and end up No, listening. don't start over, no starting over, no take-backs. Anticipation is an... Is... <laughs> Anticipation. <laughs> Stop laughing. Dun 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 dun. Metacham, Metacham. Editing is fantastic. It has four brains, one from each bedlam. Oh, bedlam. Bedlam. Bedlums. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry.